Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 of the Breakpoint Podcast. Uh, pleasure to have you all. Marcus, you have returned from Germany, so now we are basically semi-live again, uh, rather than us recording like six episodes ahead of time, and that's what you guys have been hearing for the past six weeks, outside of the Novak episode. That we did like on the spot, uh, no. But uh, but yeah, Marcus, good to have you back. What did you think? How was your trip? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Uh, trip was good. A lot of family time. Maybe a little bit too much family time, but I guess that's how it rolls. Um, back to be glad to be back at it, recording with you, Frank. Um, we released a pretty quick episode the other day that was uh, unexpected, obviously, because of the whole joke of its situation. But now we are back in person, getting the in-person vibes, and. Um, well, today we're going to be discussing some more Australian Open, obviously. This is our Australian Open preview episode. We're going to be going over who, uh, you know, what players we think, you know, could do some damage in this tournament. We're going to talk about some big storylines, which one of them we already kind of mentioned. Um, who we think is going to be a surprise in the tournament, and obviously who we think is going to win the tournament, even though we did reveal that in our last uh, 2022 predictions episode. However, things have changed a little. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. What are the storylines going into the tournament, Frank? I think we both kind of know this. It's going to be Novak Djokovic and his, uh, vaccine. Um, we're going to call it a crisis. Um, <laughs> his, uh, his entry crisis into Australia as we, I'll just briefly go over it. Basically Djokovic was, uh, he got the okay from the Australian open and state of Victoria to participate in the Australian open based on a medical exemption, which has now been revealed, which was a positive PCR COVID test on December 16th. So, uh, but however, the federal government, uh, denied him like Dikembe Mutombo at the border and he is stuck in a asylum and refugee hotel. So, um, Frank, briefly give us your thoughts on the storyline. We're trying try not to go into too much detail about the whole thing again. We're going to release another pod probably later in the week, but give us a, you know, your brief thoughts. Really solid uh, Matumbo reference there. I like that a lot. That's a, I hope the listeners understand that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think Novak is the, is the clear storyline here. We're going to try to avoid talking about him, I think, for the rest of the podcast. We'll just give this brief little spiel um, with the latest updates, which Marcus just gave that uh, Novak's exemption was a negative, was a positive PCR test about a month ago, which has now unleashed a whole other <laughs> band of allegations of him being maskless like the day after. And I mean, this guy, this is a mess is the answer. And, and I think the best way to sort of handle it is, is how Andy Murray responded to it. I don't know if you saw those comments yet, but Murray basically said, this is a bad look for the sport of tennis. This is a bad look for everybody involved. And I'm not going to make any um, comment on anything until all the details are fully revealed. Uh, and we hope that Novak Djokovic is okay. And like, that's it, right? Like, that's kind of all you can do. So um, I, I'd like to move on from something other than Novak because I don't want that to dominate this podcast. There are other players um, and other people who are competing in this um, who have earned the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get so, into it. So I think uh, some of my other storylines, and this kind of just leads into the second topic that we had, which is the players that I'm looking forward to watching uh, the most. And for me, uh, it's Rafael Nadal, I think, is the number one person I'm most curious to see. Nadal obviously had that foot injury that kept him out of the uh, U.S. Open and basically the entire rest of the season of 2021 so made his comeback he played in the warm-up tournament in melbourne the 250 level tournament 
and ended up winning that. I saw him in a few matches. I watched the final um, that he played against Cressy, who is a fantastic watch, by the way, uh, an American Sam Cressy. I think Sam Cressy is his name. Maxime. Maxime Cressy. Um, he plays like a serve and volley style. If you haven't seen him, would definitely recommend it. Super fun. But, um, but yeah, I think Nadal is definitely one that I want to see, especially if Novak ends up not being able to play the tournament. This could be like a real legacy-changing uh, tournament for Nadal if he's able to pull it out and win because Australia is his least successful major by far. Uh, so that would be super interesting to see how he does, and maybe he sort of seizes the moment and, and wins it, which would break the tie, give him another... Like, there would be huge implications uh, if Nadal were able to win, which I don't think he will, but still, I think he's the player that I'm most curious to uh, watch. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um Nadal's an absolute contender. Not he's not my favorite. I think there are two other guys as of right now, assuming Novak doesn't play. Um, two other guys who I'd put ahead of him, but he's definitely in the top five contender for me. Interested to very seri- very curious to see how he plays. He's been off for a while. He also got COVID uh, at the Abu Dhabi tournament, but he's recovered and come back. He uh, won the nice little warm up tournament there. Um, he's looked okay. Um, I think that he. Generally, I don't know if it is it me or do the courts at Australia look because he played at you know in Rod Laver Arena that Melbourne tournament. Is it just me, Frank, or does it look slower than usual? It did look slower. It did look slower to me. I don't know if that was the weather. Maybe it's a little cooler down there or something. But yeah, it did look a little bit slower because I saw that Cressy's serve and volley style was just not as effective as you would think it would be down there because usually Australia plays like it's slower than the u.s open but it's still a pretty fast hard court especially when the temperatures are cooking down there um you're talking about like 100 degrees fahrenheit sometimes which just makes the ball fly but uh but yeah i i I think i think nadal is going to be an interesting one and then the other one that i wanted to hear your thoughts on was faa felix alger aliasim i watched him for a number of matches in the atp cup and i thought that he looked unreal like the backhand looks night and day in comparison to where it was last year and i know that he's somebody that i mentioned in my 2021 year-end roundup as like i saw a really big market improvement in him this was like another jump um that i've seen him do i i think he could potentially finish the year top five to be honest with you i was really blown away the serve looked phenomenal the movement was always there the forehand's always there and now this guy's added like a reliable backhand to his game like uh, that's a dangerous dangerous competitor yeah i was thinking about ffa faa also um First of all, he physically looks a little bit bigger and stronger than I've seen him in the past. He had a very skinny upper body. Now he's looked like he's put on a couple of pounds. He's obviously getting older. He's entering his, into his prime. Also, that backhand does look night and day. He did. He has changed the technique a little bit. Now it's not completely there yet, but I think given another six months to a year, it will be sufficient enough for him for his forehand and his serve to carry him a long way. Um, it looks like he's mentally focused. He looked like he graded played a great ATP Cup. I honestly, I expect him to make the semifinals of this tournament. I really do. Um, obviously, depending on the draw as well, but I do expect a, a big run from him in Australia. It seems like he's prepared really well. And yeah, I'm, 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 I have very positive value right now for FAA. So I think, uh, I think he's somebody we should very keep a very close eye on. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I sort of agree on the semifinal prediction. Um, 
obviously dependent on the draw, but I think he could, I think he could definitely make a run. I mean, if he made the run in, um, what was that at Wimbledon last year, he made the semifinals. He made the semifinals of the open. Uh, and yeah. And, the open. and he, he made the quarters of Wimbledon, made the semifinals of the open. Yeah. I, I mean, why not? Why not Australia? So, uh, yeah, uh, he did great. Shapo looked good too. Uh, I mean, team Canada, congratulations to them, won the ATP cup. Um, by the way, what did you think of the ATP Cup? I actually really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed it way more than the Davis Cup, for example. Um, so I, I, you know, I think we touched upon that in like another episode about like team competitions. But uh, I loved the ATP Cup. I mean, thinking about it, it's the exact same format, except they trim down the amount of weird teams like Ecuador and. I mean, shout out to Kazakhstan because Alex Bublik, but you know, they, they cut down on like these weird teams that probably shouldn't make it, but because Davis cups, like the all inclusive kind of world tournament that they do let them in. Um, but it's essentially kind of the same tournament, honestly, if you think about it, but the only reason why better players play it is because it's a warm up for the Australian open. Davis cup is kind of poorly timed where it's at the end of the season after the world tour finals, which is when most people just want to like take off, regroup, retrain, um so that's why the atp cup has kind of been as far as international competition i think at this point has stepped up in front of davis cup as the echelon of uh tennis however what's going on with andre rublev i didn't see him at atp cup is he playing for these other tournaments what's going on with him yeah i don't know i i was shocked to see him um not playing because you know that's like russia's big one too is medvedev into rublev and instead we saw roman uh, Safulian, who was actually quite good. Um, we'll get into him a little bit later, but uh, but yeah. So so I don't know what's up with Rublev. I hope he's okay. Maybe he's injured, something like that. But or maybe he only got that Sputnik vaccine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like a whole other issue. Because there was a, there's a woman's player that has that issue right now that she got the Russian vaccine Sputnik, and the Australian government is not accepting that as like a legitimate form of vaccination. Yeah, I guess we'll see whether or not he plays the Aussie Open. Um, so, Frank, our next kind of topic. Speaking of vaccines and all this BBS, um, assuming Novak uh, gets booted by the Australian government, who do we think is going to make a deep run? Um, I said FAA, and I think that is mainly going to happen because I'm assuming, you know what, with or without Novak, I think FAA makes the semifinals, honestly. I think he plays, I think he can beat, like, for example, I think he could beat Nadal if he gets put in the same quarter as Nadal. I really think he can beat Nadal. Nadal is look good, but you can also tell that he's lost a step and that he's getting older. Um, and he has, out of the big three, he has the worst body that ages out of all of them because he's so bulky and he's so muscular and he's just had so many injuries over the years and he's not as flexible and, and nimble as like a Djokovic or a Federer. Um, okay, Federer's had some knee problems issues, but that's, you know, separate. Um, I don't think his body's really going to hold up into his late 30s here. I think we're starting to see the serious decline. Um, I'll still give him the French this year, but that's for a whole other episode. But I think that FAA will make a big run into the semifinals. I really, I really think that. Yeah, I agree. FAA, I think, I think he gets to the semis. I think there are probably only two players. This is again assuming no Novak Djokovic. There are only two players that FAA could play that I'd be like, yeah, I don't think he wins that, and that's Zverev and Medvedev, who I think are the other two pretty much locks for the semifinals, if not finals, at this point. Um, so yeah, I think FAA can make it is a good pick to to make a deep run that's not within the Medvedev Zverev uh, line. Here's a player uh, that I want to hear your opinion on. 
who historically has done very well in Australia. Stefano Tsitsipas does really well in Australia, has like, you know, made his breakout tournament, the Australian Open, a few years ago. What do we think ends up with him? Where where do you think he finishes? Do you think he makes a run to the quarters, semis? Do you think he has a chance to do something? Or are we just going to see the end of 2021 Pass sort of continue into 2022 and really look severely out of form? Um, I think that he will get bounced before the fourth round, but it's only because I'm concerned about his elbow injury. He does not look right yet. He had that surgery at the end of 2021 after the Paris Masters and the actually, no, I'm sorry, after the World Tour Finals, he had it done. Um, and then he ended up pulling out. He didn't look that good in ATP Cup. I don't think his elbow is ready, honestly. And to ask him to go with, play three out of five now in a, you know, a historically hot Grand Slam, um, I just don't see it happening, really. Um Maybe next year. I know he plays really good at Australia, but I just don't see it happening. And and that's only because of the injury, not even really so much the mental kind of aspect that's going on with him. I think he can get over that. I think the elbow I'm a little concerned with right now. Yeah, I think I think he gets... Uh, I agree with your prediction. I think about fourth round quarterfinals, I think he'll get there just because he's, he's good at this surface. He's comfortable. So I, I'd put him there. And I don't think he looked that bad in the ATP Cup that like he would get upset by like a Carlos Alcaraz or something like that with, with what happened at the U.S. Open. Um, so I think I think Tsitsipas ends up around there. The, the player that I do think will get upset, like a top 10 player that will get upset within the first two rounds, three rounds, is Matteo Berrettini. Matteo Berrettini did not look good during the ATP Cup, really at all. And I, I, I think he gets upset. Uh, of the other top tens, I thought Herbie Hercash looked phenomenal. So I think he could be another player that makes a deep run, has a good tournament. Yannick Sinner has looked unreal um, in all of his matches so far. He looks amazing. So I think Sinner is another one, probably makes fourth round quarterfinals. Um, ultimately, he just doesn't have it to beat uh, Medvedev and Zverev. Although I think a, a a match that I would really like to see happen, if possible, is Yannick Sinner versus FAA. I think that would be a really interesting, compelling match to watch because those are probably like the two better young, probably the two best young players right now on the tour. Um, Alcaraz probably just like right behind them, but in terms of like right now, FAA and Sinner are probably the two so I think that would be super interesting especially with FAA's backhand you want to test it put him up against probably a top five backhand on the tour in center so that would be pretty compelling yeah and you know who another name is that I think we should actually watch out for is Casper Ruud I think Casper Ruud could actually have a decent Australian Open I think that the conditions suit him well the courts aren't that quick it looks like they're playing slower um, and he seems like he does well in the heat I think we could see a good run from Casper. Fitness is not a problem for him. Looked great during the ATP Cup. Yeah, no no doubt. I think that's an easy round of 16, at least for him. Um, I think depending on how the draw shakes out, he could make a quarterfinal. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So last year at the Australian Open, we had the breakout of the qualifier, Aslan Karatsev, who everybody, when seeing his name in the semifinals, said, Who? <laughs> so who do you think who do you think is likely to be this year's Aslan Karatsev? Who is going to be like that 
nobody like never mentioned him on this podcast player that's gonna you think could make a run in australia well i was gonna say the resurgence of bernard tomic who is now a vegan and does not party anymore shout out to bernie bernie we're gonna have you on the pod someday um whether you like it or not we're gonna get you on no in all seriousness who i think is gonna i mean see that's tough to compare because karatsev was such a unique very very unique situation where he just kind of i mean that how often that happens like once every 20 years type thing um who do I think can make a decent run? I was just checking out the entry list, actually, into the Australian. I'm surprised. Do you know who's actually ranked top 70 in the world? Hugo Gaston, the little French lefty guy. I could see him winning a couple rounds and being like kind of surprising folks on a slower outdoor hardcore down in Australia. Why not? Right? He, had a, he must have done decently recently because if he's ranked top 70 all of a sudden... Because um, he was always qualifying for these events. Also, someone to watch out for, Martin Fuskovic plays very well down in Australia. Extremely well. Yeah, uh, Fuskovic is a podcast favorite. Just absolute rock solid human being. Um, he is. He's just, there's no weakness in his game. He's just Chiseled like, like a Greek <laughs> god. He's just like a solid like B plus at everything in tennis, which is like so fun to watch. Um, yeah, so, so I have two picks. One would be... Roman Safu- I can't say this guy's name. Roman Safulian, Safulian, whatever. The, Safulian. Yeah, the, he was on Team Russia with uh, Daniil Medvedev and played really well, I thought. So, you know, why not? You know, the Russians back at it again, just having another qualifier make the semifinals. I mean, I would say, yeah, but he's also playing Bernard Tomic first round of qualifying. So that's the end of that. Well, that'll be our side wager. That'll be off podcast. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I think my other pick, uh, who I, I, I think I'm a little bit more convictive about than, than Roman is, is Thanasi Kokonakis, who I would be really, really happy to see do well. Thanasi Kokonakis is an Australian player who had so much hype around him a few years ago. The same hype that was around, you know, Alex Dimanur and actually predates to Menor. he was around like the Kyrgios age group when those guys were kind of coming up um his injury has sorry his career has been completely debarred by injuries constantly um he beat Feder at the Miami Open that one year that may people may that might ring a bell um but the poor guy has always been injured six foot four pretty big server uh very clean game in my opinion just kind of always got the wrong end of the coin, you know? Yeah, I just, just had bad draws consistently, lost his confidence, injuries. But in the juniors, this guy was amazing. He used to be curious. You're right. He used to be curious. And, and uh, yeah, Kokonakis, he played the Adelaide tournament, won a few matches, looked amazing. Like, the, the I was so happy to see him playing well. So I, I think that he's somebody that could, you know, hometown slam I could easily see him winning like two matches, getting to a third round, which I think would be a huge jump for him in his career, you know, just to get the points, get the money and get some momentum going into the rest of the year. So I really hope it happens for him. Yeah. And you know what? One quick one before we get on to the next topic. I think someone who I really hope would actually does well in this tournament is Andy Murray. I really want Andy Murray to do well. I always felt bad 
that he could never win an Australian Open because Djokovic would always beat him, even though the guy made the final like multiple times. But he always seems to be a fan favorite, plays really well down there. His fitness has improved tremendously since the end of last year. He's really putting a lot of work in his body. He loves the fight. I know he hasn't had the best warm-up tournaments, but Andy's someone who I'll be rooting for. I think everyone's rooting for Andy. Um, Andy, I think is another one probably wins a match or two, depending on the draw. I certainly wouldn't bet against Andy Murray in any of the matches because even if he ends up playing a top, you know, 10 player, Andy's going to go down fighting. And Andy is not going to be intimidated by the moment being in a prime time, you know, Rod Laver arena match. Um, That's going to be the other person that's going to be intimidated. And on top of that, and uh, Andy Murray is probably going to be universally supported by the crowd and we'll have that with him uh, for every match of the tournament. So, yeah, that's a good shout, too. Uh, I really hope Andy does well. I hope the Nasty Kokonakis does well. I think it would be good to have a shakeup. It's also just, I don't know about you, before before we get on to our like final uh, topic here, which is who we think will win, uh, it makes me happy and like almost refreshing to like talk about tennis and it's not Federer Djokovic and like I know we mentioned Nadal but like it's kind of nice where it's like oh you know we're talking about guys that are all like really young I don't really like that I don't think it's very clear cut like oh this is the the, uh, clear odds on favorite has to win the tournament you know which is what it's been with you know the Federer Nadal and Djokovic era now it's just so much it's so nice having like an open field like you could have a situation where, like, you know what? FAA gets hot. He wins the Australian Open. Like, that that could happen. You know, it's not, like, completely out of the realm of possibilities. Whereas before, it was like, oh, you know, a guy like FAA gets hot. Oh, he plays Djokovic in the final. Yeah, he's done. That's it. Game over. I agree with you for the most part. However, we are seeing something happening that is kind of... And it's not going to be as intense as it was with... Federer and Nadal Djokovic for pretty much for the good part of like 10 plus years we just knew one of those three guys was going to win the slam right and eventually it came down to even two um, when Federer was kind of like taking a little bit of a hit Medvedev and Sverev are starting to separate themselves from from the from the tribe here um, as kind of the alpha males in my opinion um, Tsitsipas is not quite there yet team I got to see what's going on with the wrist but team could potentially be in there too but you know, I, I think at this point, Sverev and Medvedev are kind of separating themselves. Now, I do I think they're going to win basically every other slam or we think they're going to... No, I don't think so. But they are starting to separate themselves a little bit. Well, that's what I'm talking about is like there's clear top players, right? Those two, I think, are the clear top players until we see like, you know, FAA, Sinner, um, you know, those guys, how they're, how they're progressing, the really young guys. But I don't think they're invincible. The big three were invincible, right? Those guys won every major for like 13 years, essentially, effectively. Almost every major for 13 years. And I don't think that Medved... A, I don't think that will ever happen again, right? And B, um, I don't think that Medvedev and Zverev are are that, are going to do that. Um, Could I see them winning like two out of the four majors every year for the next five years, potentially? Yes, I do think that'll happen, especially because Zverev is an all-court player who's going to be a threat at every major this year. Yes, but it's nice to have the window, the door at least be cracked to somebody else winning. Whereas before, for the for basically our entire like existence as tennis fans, that has not been a thing. 
on the men's side. Like, that has not been a thing. So it's, it's refreshing, I think. So uh, we will wrap it up here with who we think is going to win. So if we go back to our 2022 predictions, I said Medvedev would win. And I said that it would be because Novak would have some sort of vaccine controversy that would ultimately affect his play. Um, I also know this week's lottery numbers. So <laughs> um, that was an astounding, like that needs to be clipped and sent to like these scrubs on Tennis Channel and ESPN who just don't deserve to have the jobs that they do now because um, they're so wildly out of touch, but that's fine. Um yeah, I think Medvedev is going to win. I'm going to stick by it. I think he looked great during the ATP Cup. Yes, he lost randomly to like Ugo Lambert, I think, whatever. Um, you know, it happens. He's looked great ever since. He absolutely dominated Shapovalov in their tie. I don't know if you watched that match. That was a, a butt whooping, let's say that. So I'll go Medvedev. I think he wins. I think he's the best hardcore player in the world. Um, if it's a hardcore tournament, I'm putting my money on him. Yeah. Um, I, this is so tough. Um, I think that if Novak does get in, I think he will win it, and it will be like one of his greatest Grand Slam wins because of the circumstances that he had to deal with, and he'll be hitting 21 slams. If he doesn't play, I'm picking Sverev. I think Sverev has been... Tremendously, his 2021, the second half of the season was great. He's had a good off season. He's been, he looked great at the ATP Cup. He's, he's, he's just, he's just ready. You know, I think he's just ready to win a slam. Australia is a good medium-paced hard court. I think, and I, and he knows he can beat Medvedev on hard court now. He just proved it at the ATP Finals. I'm picking Zverev um, to win. Even, even maybe, even if Novak plays, honestly. But I'll, I'll leave the Novak door a little open. Yeah, I think regardless Novak or not, I think Zverev and Medvedev are the two best players in the world, and I think they will be in the final. Even if Novak plays, I do not think he gets to the final. I disagree. I, I, I don't think. I think maybe he get. I think he probably gets to the semifinals, and he will lose to Zverev, like similar to the Olympics. Like I, I just don't think that'll happen. Um, you know, but we'll see uh, sorry one second before i correct you so if djokovic does play djokovic is the one seed medvedev is two seed Zverev is three which means vedev medev Zverev semifinals would happen and djokovic would be slated against Tsitsipas, assuming he makes it there because Tsitsipas the four seed my point is Djokovic would have would have avoid Zverev and Medvedev. He only has to beat one of them to win, so that increases his chances tremendously. Yeah, I think the problem is if Djokovic ends up playing like um, an FAA. I, honestly, he's not losing to anybody but those two. No, I don't think so. I think I think Novak is in a complete basket case right now. I think you're wildly underestimating how much mental damage has gone on because of this. And not only that, I think when he goes into the arena, he's going to get booed so badly there. I think it's going to really affect him. I, I, I don't, A, I don't think he's actually—I actually think he does end up playing, but I, I don't think he does well. And if he does win, like you said, he is going to banner it. This is his greatest major win ever. He's going to, like, go bananas at that— trophy ceremony if he does win it and he's going to say that oh this is the greatest achievement of my like athletic career 
because not only will it be 21, but A, all the circumstances, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be, I think he will very, very much struggle at this. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from. I just kind of disagree. I think that if he, if he, if the first week is going to be the hardest week, right? If he can get first, if he can get through those first three or four matches, I think by the second week, we will not be talking about vaccine, Djokovic, entry denial. It'll be brought up again in the final. But I don't think if he makes it through the first week, we're okay. We're going to be talking about tennis here, and I don't think that he would lose to anybody except Medvedev and Zverev. But you know, opinions are like Mm-mm. everyone's got one. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I think he's going to struggle. I I just don't. I just have this feeling with him, similar to my original prediction of this. I I don't think this is going to be a good major for him, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah um, listen, he's got he's got to get in first. So let's. Let's find out. We're going to find out actually uh, in about two or three hours. Yeah. As we were recording this, the literal uh, court trial is going on. So, yeah, uh, we will report on that. Any breaking news that goes on, we will try to throw something together. Marcus and I just talked about doing an Instagram live for uh, draw uh, like reactions when that comes out. Um so maybe we'll do something like that. And then I think we're going to try to do some sort of like live stream commentary for one of the matches. It's going to be a little bit hard because the Australian time difference to New York is pretty brutal. So <laughs> we don't necessarily think too many of you will be waking up at 4 a.m. to uh, watch a live stream with us. But maybe if there's an early day match at like 7 p.m., something like that, we could throw something together for you guys. And I think that would be nice. So. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, topic ideas, you want to be a guest on the podcast, uh, hit us up at at breakpointpodcast7 on Instagram, as well as at breakpointpodcast7 at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Signing off. See you.